This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Shocking developments during the last timeout. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We had no trouble getting plenty of action down on today's race at Daytona. <laughs> like, no problem whatsoever. So much so, Ryan McGee's going to be joining us. Are we going to get him later in the show? I hope so. McGee's coming on efforting. live from Daytona. We are efforting him now. We want to get him on. We want to give you your full race primer. Race today around 4.30 p.m. So plenty of time to get some action down. We got some tips. We got to give them out to the people. Speaking of tips... Who is handicapping this lacrosse game that you betted at 43 and a half and the number finished at 45? Who is handicapping this that was so close? They were less than a goal and a half away. Same person had Boston plus three and a half and they won outright. That was just not the one I, I gave out. I chose to focus on the under. I picked the loser of the group. Guy reaches out to me. He gives me a winner and a loser. I picked the loser. I the did hand, nothing with the winner. The handicapping in the PLL was impressive. Yeah, I know sharp people. I'm not sharp. I know sharp people. And then I make square decisions with the sharp information. It's a fascinating life I lead. Fascinating I know, life. I, I know we're going to go down a deep dive here into who's the next face of the NBA coming off the All-Star game. Who's the, who's the next face of the PLL? That's my conversation. Yeah. The number of things you can bet on on this afternoon's Daytona 500. And Incredible. I think a lot of people have forgotten that the Daytona. I mean, you're talking, this is an event that transcends its sport. It's like the Masters, right? It's so much bigger. It's an event. I mean, it's 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 beyond just NASCAR. So I'm excited. I mean, four o'clock Eastern. You know, gentlemen, start your engines. Let's go. But you What's can the actually line? giggity giggity giggity. Is that how it starts? Something like that. You, you, I mean, you can, I can get behind that. You can wager on ESPN Bet right now. If a Ford wins Daytona, it's plus one twenty-two. A Ford won't win Daytona. It's minus one eighty. The winning card number is eighteen or higher. It's minus 125, by the way. You got to bet 125 bucks to win 100. The different routes you can go right now to wager and have a phenomenal afternoon watching a major sporting event, it's spectacular. And we have gotten down as a crew with Pat Costello, Evan Wilner, yourself, and my sorry butt. We are probably have a comma invested already in the Daytona yeah. 500. How long did it take us to get to that? We we I I got, I got out over my skis in a hurry in the during the break. <laughs> I got out over my skis. I didn't realize like some seconds. of the options I was going <laughs> to have in front of me. And then I looked at what I did. I was like, okay, so this suddenly turned into a this turned into we, a big race. For we me. went from emotionally right. invested. Now we are financially truly invested in the Daytona 500. I was like, I'd like to. I'll, I'll be home by the time this starts. There's no TV show today. I'd like a piece of this. And then suddenly it's like, hey, honey, get the kids out of the house. Daytona's on. <laughs> right. I really got to sit in and focus on the Great American Race. We, we might be rearranging some furniture by the some, end of this thing. Some of the some of the best bets in this stuff are the matchup bets. You just get one driver versus another driver. You need to finish better than the other driver. But when you see a big wreck. You all of a sudden You're are sweating. running up to the screen trying to figure out, did you make it through and did your guy get caught up? Like, I've had races in Daytona where three laps in, there's a wreck. The guy I'm going against is out of the race. You're done. You've won that race in the first four minutes. Like, you're out. I've also had it go the other way, where you lose the say, hold on instantaneously. How many times does it go the opposite? Lap five, I son of a... I don't keep track. <laughs> I, I just know I've been on the, the wrong end just as much as the right end, if not more. All right. <laughs> oh, no, I've never heard of Christopher Bell before, but I'm his biggest fan right now. Yeah, thanks, McGee. So we're, we're going we're gonna to have to figure some things out moving forward here, but hopefully we get a full-on primer from Daytona. Sometime later in the show. All right. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. NBA All-Star game yesterday. Thousand points scored. Commissioner not happy. That's pretty much your bullet point notes for everything that happened in that matchup in Indianapolis. 
it starts to get interesting with some of the commentary from some of the players in the post-game press conferences. One of the best questions that was asked to LeBron James, he's on his way out. He knows it. No disrespect, but, you know, it's season 21. Durant's on the back nine. Um, Steph Curry's on the back nine. Eventually, there are going to be some new faces that emerge as the premier faces of the NBA. So to LeBron James, who does he see as the next face of the NBA? I don't think you just say, okay, well, this guy is the next person to be the face of anything. I just, you have to just let it happen organically and see what happens. But we have some great, great players in this league that can carry anything if they put their mind to when they want it. Okay. I completely agree with that. Yeah. 100%. It's got to, it's got to happen organically. And now we, we can give you a couple names that we think might be that guy. Because I don't think it's just going to be one person. There was a stretch there for about three, four years that you could say Steph Curry was 1A and LeBron was 1B. You can have more than one face yeah. that, that truly is recognizable. If he's walking down you know, in Times Square or down a street in Dallas, Texas to San Francisco, that dude's getting recognized, right? That's what we mean by a marquee face of a league. LeBron was it for two decades. But at times, guys like Steph were also right there with him. So I think as far as the young guys go, SGA at Oklahoma City, I mean, he's – what's he averaging right now, like 31, 31. 32? He has 39 30-point games Good this season. Gosh. By the way, we haven't completed the season. He hasn't played 82 games. He's played just under 60, and he's already got 39 30-point games on an OKC team, Mr. Fitzsimmons. That that's really the two-seed in the Western yeah. Conference right now. They're awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean, we can go down another deep dive into Sam Presti when he was being laughed Ooh. at across the league, and now he's looking at you going, really? You like how I did this? He knows it what took, he's doing. Took me a couple years, but I told you to be patient. A lot of the fans there wanted him run, and now look what the GM has done there with the Thunder. But, I mean, SGA is third in the league in scoring right now. We all know that the league is, is not playing defense. LeBron talked about that if you are just tuning in after the All-Star game, like, how do you fix it? He's like, well, it's kind of a microcosm of day in, day out in our league right now. There's not a priority being placed on playing D, but they're all playing by the same rules. They're all playing the same game, and SGA right now is third in the league in scoring behind only Embiid and Lucas points per game, and obviously Embiid has only played barely 30 games this year and is done for a few more months, so really he's second in the league in scoring, and I don't think enough people are talking about him or a guy like Halliburton with Indiana – uh, or even, here's a name that I don't think it, it gets enough love. When you're doing what Jalen Brunson is doing right now in Madison Square Garden for the Knicks, when you're averaging 27, 28 points per game, you're in the top 10 in scoring in the NBA, and you have the Knicks not just relevant but fun to watch. Hey, Dallas, you should have signed him three years ago when you had the chance on the cheap. You screwed up. You know, you, you tried to you know, get all cute with him. But that's another guy, when you're playing in New York – at the Garden, and you're averaging nearly 30, man, I'm surprised more people don't talk about Brunson as one of the new faces of the league possibly uh, compared to Halliburton, SGA, and others. It's a great point because it leads to the question, how much does market size matter? Steph in the Bay Area, big market size. LeBron was in Cleveland early, but LeBron had the very rare push of Sports Illustrated and ESPN covering him in high school. I was there in Columbus with Herb Street, man. There that you go. dude was a rock star. Exactly. So wherever he was going to go, and he At goes 17. to the hometown team, and then he goes to Miami, and then back to Cleveland, but to L.A., but with, can, you, can you be the face in a smaller market? It doesn't mean disrespect, but yes, Shane Gilgis-Alexander in Oklahoma City. I don't care. How many people know what he looks like? How many people know what he sounds like? He's on pace to be one of those guys, but Brunson in New York, that's a rocket ship. 
rocket ship to superstardom if you're a star in a place like that. I, I, I don't think – the market size thing, man, I, I'm, I don't buy into it because the world has become such a small place. Like Kevin Durant got his start at OKC, and everybody knew exactly who Kevin Durant was. Uh, so I don't, I don't think market size really matters that much anymore. I mean, everyone knows who the hell Jordan Love is. I know it's football and not basketball, but you know. I mean, it's, you know, everyone knows who Zion is. Now, like, he's been hurt a lot, but you know exactly who he is, and he plays in New Orleans. So, to me, market size is, is absolutely irrelevant. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Now, does it matter about if you're on a good team and you're on TV a lot? That, that, that's that, huge. That, that's a conversation we can have. Can't be the face of the league if your team stinks. That, absolutely. Because that's not going to work. 100% agree with you. But you know what that leads into? I, I, I think that because you were mentioning Steph and LeBron 1A, 1B, I, I think it behooves the league. It's better for the league if you've got more than one guy serving as the face of the league. Completely because agree. if that guy goes down with injury, see ya. Like, imagine if Joel Embiid was the face of the NBA and there wasn't really anyone on par with him. Where would we be right now with him done? for what could be the rest of the season. Where where are we going to be when these guys have injuries during seasons and then the teams don't perform well and they don't make the playoffs? Ultimately, you need your stars on the big stage late in the year. They have to be in the playoffs. The face of the respective sport has to be playing on the big stage in the postseason. He doesn't need to go all the way to the World Series, but look at what it does for baseball when Bryce Harper is in the NLCS in the World Series. Everyone is tuning in to see Bryce Harper at bats. You have to have the star players in the star moments. Maybe it's not the World Series. Maybe it's not the Super Bowl. But those key players they have, to be, have to be on the big stage yeah. at the big time. And look at Denver, man. You know, the, the god of the dad bod. I mean, is, is he one of the faces right now? A two-time MVP? I mean, without champ? question. I mean, he's got to be, right? So we don't even mention him. But that, that dude... I mean, he looks exhausted in warm-ups. The next thing you know, he's playing 38 minutes and whipping your ass. Right? I mean, it's, it, he's a remarkable, remarkable, unique player. And Denver is not the biggest market in the world. What's Denver like? Is it top 15? It's not New Good York. Question. It's, not, it's not L.A., but you know exactly who the Joker is because he wins. The, the, what, what, the, the personality, though, is a bit of an issue. And I'm, I'm not saying anything negative about Jokic's personality. I like the fact that the guy is very calm, very cool. He's about winning and then he's about living his life. But you have to have some, some flash, don't you? Like you have to be somewhat... I don't. I don't know the best way to put it. Like there have to be some movie star esque qualities. A showman. Yeah. Like there has to be some commentary here and there. Like Baker Mayfield had that incredible rise, planting the flag at midfield. You remember all that? I was there. Him, Johnny Manziel. Like those guys eventually. Like he fizzled out, but like that superstars have that to an extent. There's there's something about him. Jordan sticking out the tongue. Jordan talking all the trash. Like those guys have to have that like it factor off the field that brings you in for the commercial endorsements and everything else, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, but that's not market size. Also, that's, that's personality. Yes, exactly, totally different. Zion Williamson, interesting to see if he'll ever rebound because he was the guy Dude, that was know, set. Man. He was set, and then it was, you know, what's the narrative? He can't stay in shape. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the court. Everything you missed from the first half in the NBA, including the MVP candidate that's finally starting to get the love he deserves. That's next. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Bill Russell was the ultimate winner, but his impact on securing equal rights for all Americans loomed larger today than his 11 championships with the Boston Celtics. Playing when the NBA still had unspoken racial quotas, limiting the number of black players in the league, Russell spoke out fearlessly and constantly about racial justice. 
His activism helped pass national civil rights laws that promised equal rights for all races. After Russell died in 2022 at the age of 88, the NBA retired his number six across the entire league, a small honor for a true giant of history. Honoring Black History Month on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Night on the hardwood. Up the floor, James hammers a right hand dunk. Let's get caught up with Carlin versus Joe's NB A to Z. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is your horse racing, motorsports, lacrosse primer. The way this show's going today. Along with us. Lot to get to, but. We do a little segment here on a regular basis called NBA to Z. The whole purpose of it is to keep you caught up, informed on everything that's happening around the association. Well, we've officially reached the, I guess, not mathematically, the midpoint of the season, but we are post-All-Star game. So now it's time to take a look back on the first half that was. This is the NBA to Z first half superlatives edition of NBA to Z. Ian Fitzsimmons, we start with this. Very general question for you. Biggest surprise of the first half. Go ahead. I'm going to go the two seeds, both of them, Cleveland and OKC. Okay. You're getting star play from Donovan Mitchell. You're getting star play from SGA and OKC. And really, how many people really saw the Thunder holding out a two seed after the All-Star break? Right. Unless you live in Oklahoma, you're a guy like Gabe Eichert from Oklahoma Sooners Star who's a diehard season ticket holder. Random names like that that I just threw out there. Yeah, those are the people that were not not even expecting the Thunder to be this good. So I'm going to go biggest surprise for me, both Cleveland and Oklahoma City, the two seeds, 
holding down the fort and looking really good. Hell, what? I mean, Cleveland's won, what, nine of their last ten? I mean, Cleveland's they, won like 17 of dude, 19 or 18 of 20. They've been fantastic. It's insane. Two seeds. Biggest surprise. I think that's an excellent option. I think if you wanted to talk about Minnesota being a one seed, I'll throw one out there because I didn't believe in them. It's the Los Angeles Clippers. You put James Harden there, Russell Westbrook moving to the bench. Paul George That's and Kawhi Leonard are playing almost every single night. Kawhi Leonard just missed a game due to an actual injury. It wasn't load management. George and Kawhi have been the poster children for load management in the NBA. They're not load managing this year. James Harden, you're not hearing about any drama. Russell Westbrook moving to the bench, putting the team first. They're 36-17. and 17. The offense has been fantastic. If the defense continues to round in the form, look out. They could w- represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. So those are the biggest surprises first half of the season. What's your biggest disappointment? This one's easy for me. Embiid being hurt again. Next uh, question. Oh, that's it, just like that. Embiid that's, being I mean, hurt come again? Come on. I mean, uh, uh, what else do you need? He goes down yet again. He's, he's just stacking numbers, right? I mean, he's looking unstoppable. And bam, out for months, depending on where they are, maybe the year. That, to me, is the biggest disappointment because I love watching that dude not just play, yeah. but the noise that man talks. There is zero sensor from brain to mouth. He tells you exactly <laughs> what he thinks, and I love it. He's fun. He's good for the sport. He's a lot of fun. I would. I was considering the trade deadline because we got very little action at the trade deadline this year. It was a little disappointing, but I think an obvious one's the Milwaukee Bucks. You get rid of Drew Holiday. Giannis wants more star power. He wants to compete for titles. So here comes Dame Lillard. It's our first chance to see Lillard on a bona fide contender in a while because he had been carrying the load in Portland. And while they did make a run to the Western Conference Finals, that was with C.J. McCollum. McCollum has been in New Orleans for a few seasons now. Lillard gets out, and this thing is a disaster from a defensive perspective. Still 35-21, and 21, new head coach in Doc Rivers. Plenty of time to turn it around, but it's been disappointing to see because I think we thought they might be the cream of the crop in the East and not the Boston Celtics. So that's the biggest surprise, followed by the biggest disappointment. Who's your first half MVP? This one's hard, man, because you can make a case for a lot of guys. Yes. I mean, Luka is just putting up video game-type numbers. What's he at? What is he at right now? Like 35-9-9? and I mean, it's it's, like he's playing on the video game. But again, not a lot of defense being played in the NBA. Uh, especially this season. And I believe at the moment they are a seven seed, so it's tough to give an MVP award to a seven seed. Yeah, he and Kyrie haven't been on the floor a lot. Right. I mean, I know they have recently, but the entire time Kyrie has been a Dallas Maverick, it's a very small sample size of the two of them on the floor together. And they haven't won nearly as many games as you would think when they are on the floor together. But because the ball doesn't move. But anyway, Luka, SGA, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell deserves a hell of a lot more pub and love in Cleveland. And I'll give you my last one just because Quentin Richardson brought it up, and he's right. Tatum belongs in that conversation. Yeah. Best team, best player on the best team. Yeah. There and I you mean, go. We're, 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 the odds are moving. He was 100 to 1 at a certain sports book last week. That that book has moved him to 40 to 1. Wow. He was 50 to 1 at ESPN Bet. Stephen A. Smith was going crazy late last week making the case for him. Dropped him to 25 to 1 in that situation. <laughs> 27, 8, and 4 is essentially what he's averaging this year. He's going to need some big superstar moments and some big games down the stretch if he's going to want to swing some voters. I'd go with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 39 30-point games so far this season. The stats are there. He's a two-seed in the Western Conference, a game and a half back in Minnesota. 
I think people need to get familiar with him because he's oh, on a man. rocket ship to superstardom this year. Let that let that sink in. In what? How many fifty? How many games have they played now? They have They're played all different. around fifty-four 30. games okay, for Oklahoma so City. In fifty-four games, how many thirty-point performances does he have again? Thirty-nine. <laughs> That's just thirty-nine thirty-point games. Yeah, he's in the conversation. All right, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, MVP. What has been the best storyline for you this season? I would love to steal Evan Wilner what he's about to say, our producer, <laughs> because it's spot on. But I can't, I can't do it to him. I would love to. Uh, so I'm going to go with something that has already come and gone. And when I see a bunch of college kids stop down for people, if you're just just tuning in, uh, my daughter went with my daughter on a daddy-daughter college trip to visit a, a couple of SEC schools. Nice. And Auburn and Alabama, yeah, I'm hurting. Hopefully they're um, expensive ones. I hate you. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Dude, she hung up her cleats, right? She has four concussions now, so she can't play oh. goalkeeper anymore. I'm going, okay. Well, that's some money I wasn't counting on having to spend. <laughs> <laughs> she had a couple looks, right? Some, some schools are coming in with some offers. She, hey, whoa, whoa. I have Son to, of a I have to have a head. conversation with Ian We're from done. 17 years ago. <laughs> this girl's going to be a star. I'm not having to pay for college. <laughs> Wait, what happened? <laughs> we got to rearrange the bank account, kid. Anyway, can't go to – you don't want to see the book on Tuesdays anymore. I promise you that. Right. Bottom line is, yeah, so I, I mean, you got me on a rant. I'm, I'm going to go Steph and Sabrina. Okay. On Saturday night, this was so cool. And, and look, I, we – I was talking to Brian Windhorst on, on Amber and Ian where I normally are last Wednesday. And I brought up, you know, Sabrina versus Steph in the three-point contest. And he goes, Fitz, do you know who the reigning three-point champion is? My answer, no. Uh, five days later, I still can't remember, and he actually told me who the reigning champ was. <laughs> but I stopped down with a bunch of college kids at the Industry Irish Pub in Tuscaloosa and watched Steph and Sabrina. There you go. I mean, it was awesome. So, to me, that was one of the better storylines, and let's run that bad boy back again next year. The Knicks in January were an awesome storyline. I'll throw the in-season tournament out there. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed those games. I understand some of it was complicated for people to figure out in terms of which games actually mattered and counted and which ones didn't, but we ultimately got the Lakers versus a really fun Pacers team in the final in Las Vegas. I know some people thought this was a really goofy concept. I enjoyed it. It had me buying into the NBA more so than I would be that time of year, and I'm usually pretty bought in early in the season. Evan Wilner, our producer. Best storyline so far this season. It was Oscar Sheway stealing the ball (laughs) after Giannis had 64 in a game. We talked for an entire show (laughs) about how Oscar Sheway got his first NBA points on a free throw, somehow ended up with a game ball in the Pacers (laughs) locker room, and the Bucs, including Giannis, went after him to get the ball. And then the Pacers are like, we don't have the real game ball. We have some other game ball. There's only one game ball, and apparently the Pacers got it. Because Oscar Shiwe had his first NBA points, not Giannis for getting 64 in a game. Just and then they lost it. Remember, then they couldn't find the damn thing. Couldn't find it. They know where it is. <laughs> so classic NBA. Everyone running around after the game. The win, the loss, doesn't matter. Who's got the ball to celebrate their milestones? Save that ball and Pacers or Bucks give it to LeBron on his farewell tour. That yeah. should be the gift. Oscar Shibwe comes walking out here. And by the way, it wasn't points for Oscar Shibwe. He hit one of two free throws. One of two. It was point singular. Did you hit that horse race? You're going nuts back there. We got a 1-6 exact the box, there baby. Let's cash a ticket. Race one at Aqueduct, ladies and gentlemen. Started slow with lacrosse, but now we're red hot with the ponies.
There we go. Steamroll it into Daytona. Ryan McGee is going to join us at 2.30 in about an hour to break down everything you need to know for the great American race. You may have thought you were not going to be gambling on this today. Think again. We're going to have you ready for the great American race. Oh, yeah. (laughs) From the NBA to college hoops. Oh, man, you're going to want to hear this. An all-time rant from an all-time great coach. You're going to hear that next. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fordenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Dangerous show today. We've already fired on lacrosse. Ian just hit an exact at the aqueduct. We're finding out that hockey's taking place live and in person, so we're going to get some live action there. And the Great American Race, Daytona 500 at 430. Ryan McGee is going to join us at 230 on the dot. Come on. Nothing friendly about that interview. We need action. We need actionable intelligence, as we say in the industry. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenbaugh. Carlin versus Joe. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Get a load of this. We normally don't give you audio this robust. We try to clip it off and make it a little bit shorter, but we had to play the whole thing for you. Rick Pitino, head coach at St. John's. Yesterday, after his team melted down, I believe it was, what, a 19-point lead against Seton Hall? Seton Hall comes storming back, wins the game. Patino is not happy. Crushing loss. And he unloads, unloads to the media after the game. Take a listen. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year, but we came out in the second half, and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball, and we just took four minutes of rush shots. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we 
lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. I was thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game, and that's it. Fin- uh, just try to get as many wins as you possibly can. Rick Pitino going full blowtorch wow. on his team after that loss to Seton Hall yesterday. Your thoughts? We're not athletic. He starts rattling off individual player names. Can't move laterally. Slow. Can't move laterally. It's taken me two months to teach him how to throw a bounce pass. All right, there's, there's a lot to unpack here because the state of college athletics is a, is a much bigger picture that we can get into because it is, it's a cesspool out there right now. But what he's saying, right, it all may be true, but you're 71, coach, and you've made so much money you could be having boat drinks, right? So if you don't, <laughs> if you don't want to sit there and 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 deal with you know your unathletic team, don't. You're the one that chose to go to St. John's. You're the one that was going to their collective and saying we need this guy, this guy, this guy. And now the guys that you helped bring in, you're calling unathletic. Looks like Coach went uh, MIA for a minute. He's still. I can see him on the Zoom. It's fantastic. Just, just, just going, going, going. We have lost your audio. Do you think Patino had a hand in cutting that audio? Maybe he's listening somewhere. I'll pick it up where he left off. That is the definition of you back. Yeah, I'm here. Jump back Sorry in. Sorry about that. I'll leave yeah. everyone hanging on my words. <laughs> it, it, it just, I mean, these, these are some of the guys that you wanted to go get, right? Yeah. So. If you don't want to do it, don't, man. Go play golf. Go get on a yacht. I mean, it's not like you don't have the bank account to go do it. You chose to jump back into college basketball. This is on you. It's disgraceful leadership, first and foremost. It's a disgrace of leadership. You're the head basketball coach. They don't throw bounce passes. That's a failure on your behalf. Your job is to teach them how to throw bounce passes. Your job is to teach them how to do it, show them how to do it, and tell them when to do it. If they're not doing it, that's your fault. Why you're blaming kids for the failures of you as the head coach is beyond me. But maybe you're not the type of guy to take accountability when things go south. I mean, let's not hold Rick Pitino up as some beacon of leadership and moral virtue. He's anything but. And he's shown us that throughout the course of his career. It's why he's at St. John's now rather than at a bigger job. He, he had to go to Europe. Remember that. Jobs. He had yeah. to go to Europe, man, to, try to, to get his reputation back than to go – and there he goes again. See, this is what happened. He's too, too focused on aqueduct. Too fo- <laughs> Go ahead. Can you hear us? You're, you're losing us as well. All right. So we'll work on that. But for Patino, the problem is you. It's very clearly you. You got a problem with the way the kids play? That's on you. They're your team. You're the name. You're the face of the operation. At the beginning there, when he says not athletic enough, that's probably a shot to the boosters and leadership that you need more NIL money to go out and get better players, more athletic players, ones that can come in and help. But you're supposed to make it work with what you've got. You're the head coach. They're not throwing the bounce passes the way you like. Teach them. At the very core, you are a teacher. You are supposed to be the leader of the program. You're calling kids out after the loss. It's on you ultimately. You take the heat. 
Guys like this become so disconnected from reality because they're old. 71 years old, not understanding how to coach in the modern age. Players in this day and age, whether you like it or not, they're not going to respond to you. They're not going to listen to you calling them out by name, talking about how unathletic they are after a loss, and suddenly become inspired to show up and work for you, especially when everyone knows who you are and what you've done. You're at St. John's because of what you've done throughout your career. So to get upset about these kids and to ultimately throw them under the bus, sure, maybe you didn't get the effort you wanted. There are better ways to handle that. Calling them out in the media, trashing them, putting it all on them. How about you? They're not throwing bounce passes. That's on you as a coach. How you doing? Galdi's there, Joe. But there you go. I agree with you, man. Look, I, I, when was the last time you heard a guy like Nick Saban, the best to ever do it, right? Call out players by name in, and by individual. Out again. It's always we. To pick up where you were going, it's always we with Saban. Saban's always we. We weren't fast enough. We weren't competitive enough. We didn't focus enough. We weren't prepared enough. It might be aimed at individuals, but he's not going to call them out by name. He's going to praise them by name. All right? It's it's the old maxim. You compliment in public. You criticize in private. Patino wants to take a flamethrower to his team after a game like that. That's fine. That's fine. But that's not anyone. No one's going to be surprised by any stretch that it's Rick Patino saying that stuff about his team. Good luck getting them to show up. How do we think they show up after this? Ultimately, I can't imagine there's going to be a whole lot of buy-in moving forward. We're going to figure out what's going on with Fitzsimmons. Very much focused on what's happening at Aqueduct and around the world of horse think, racing. Is that what it was? He just left? He just went to the track? I think he's just flicking the button so he can focus on the race. And it's like, I don't know, coach. I don't know what's wrong with the technology here. By the way, we did hit that 6-4 Quinella. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. The future of the NFL draft is going to change this offseason. We'll explain why next. Carlin versus Joe, Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball on ESPN Radio, including the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are entering the very 
entertaining phase of year known as draft season. NFL Combine in Indianapolis right around the corner. NFL Draft coming up in a couple months. We'll begin to hear more and more reports about athletes, their lives, their girlfriends, their upbringings. Uh, you name it, it will be under the microscope. Mock draft season. season as well. Oh, it's lion season, all right. It is lion season, all right. With that in mind, we got a story from The Athletic. Very interesting. Athletes First is a major rep, major representation I mean, well, yeah. agency, right? Major Huge. representation agency, clients all over the place. I believe in a multitude of sports. They're not just football. Correct. But they coaching, got started in football, right? Yeah, coaching, uh, you know, NFL, NBA, you got it. Athletes First is one of the biggest ones out there. They have directed all of their draft prospects to pass, decline, whatever word you want to use, on participating in any cognitive or psychological testing during the pre-draft process, and this includes the S2 test. Now, that's the new cognitive test that what, – what was the – Wonderlick. Wonderlick. Do we still use that? I don't know. All right, so the Wonderlick was care. a multiple-choice test that was administered at the Combine. Teams would give this sort of thing out. Now this new S2 cognitive test has come out, so people have been using this. Well, apparently last year, if you remember, C.J. Stroud, quarterback of the Houston Texans now, but he was coming out of Ohio State, he had reportedly performed poorly on the S2 cognitive test. And Bryce Young had reportedly performed very well. Uh, everyone was talking about Stroud and this poor result, even though none of us really know what the hell this test even is. And some have said maybe it caused Stroud to not go number one overall. Could have been one of the reasons why he fell from one to two. So his representation group, Athletes First, directing all of their clients to pass on these tests. Drew Rosenhaus of Rosenhaus Sports has instructed his clients to do the same. You think this is a good move here, Ian? My whole thing is, especially when go back to last year when C.J. Stroud's you know scores were leaked. I mean, we're going one. Who does that? Uh, and you want to know who? Other teams, right. other agencies, right? They're wanting his stock to drop and get their guys elevated. So that's number one. But my whole thing is, when it comes to these damn tests, are you going to trust what you see on film? And talking to the strength and conditioning coaches, that's my number one. Is when I get when we get ready for the NFL draft, and I've already started, I will call the S and C guys at every major college. Who's the first guy in? Who's the last guy out? Coach Love at Oregon told me Bo Nix is by far, bar none, the number one guy when it comes to holding teammates accountable in the weight room. Those are the kind of those are the guys you go to to find out the character of a player. Why and then is turn that? Turn the for damn those, tape on for those listening. Why is that? Because then you find out who the true leaders are. Are they out there just for themselves? Are they showing up dead last to lift? Are they showing up first? Bo Nix, Coach Love told me, is the first dude in there. He's holding guys accountable, and then he's the last guy to literally leave. And the S&C guys are around these kids all year. All the time. All year. They have intimate knowledge of these guys. If nobody anyone's going to know them, it's going to be them. Nobody has more contact with the players than the trainers and the strength and conditioning staff. No one. Like when Nick Saban was hired at Alabama 17 years ago, his first two hires were Dr. Jeff Allen, one of the best in the business, and Scotty Cochran, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, they, because those are the two most important people. It ain't your OC. It's not your defensive coordinator. It's not your pe special teams coordinator. It is your strength and conditioning staff and the team doc. Any coach will tell you that. Okay. So you would, when you're talking about this, you want to call the SNC guy, and then I interrupted you there, but put on the tape. Yeah. 
what watch the damn game. That's it, man. I mean, because film does not lie. Some guys can't take standardized tests very well. I mean, I remember when my brother was playing linebacker at Colgate, you know, he, but just to get, you know, taking the SAT, he had to wear these like special glasses because the lines got blurred when you're taking a standardized test. The dude went to Colgate, man, yeah. but he couldn't take a standardized test, right? So it's, it's things like that. You want to you watch the game film or do you want to rely on a part of your eval be some stupid test that he took? You know the test that I want to watch? Game day. Yeah. That's the test that I want to watch and whether you pass it or not. C.J. Stroud answered just about every question you needed. I would go one step further. I'd want to sit down and have dinner with you. i just oh. get to know you. That's so, it. That's so the other my, thing. So Mike T is part of our uh, – Mike Tannenbaum is, is a, a critical part of our draft coverage on ESPN Radio. Yeah. Last year was Carlin, Canty, Tannenbaum, and myself and, and Jordan Reed. and All-star cast right there. It's, it's awesome. I mean, you learn – Don't it, take it, that it, group out to dinner. No. It'll cost you. <laughs> That group will get you. There's some eaters, Bubba. We got some eaters, <laughs> That group man. will get in your pockets. But Mike T had had this great story as to instead of the, the standardized test, he would sit guys down, bring them in for a visit, right, especially a pick that high like a C.J. Stroud. And if you are just tuning in, Athletes First it says, you know what, none of our clients for the upcoming draft are going to take the standardized S2 test or the, the modern version of the Wonderlick. Now, Drew Rosenhaus Sports is also telling their clients, don't take it. Our, our guys are not going to take it also. Mike T had a list of questions that he wanted to look the guy in the eye and watch him answer. I'm going to throw them at you right now, Joe. You ready? All Here right, we go. go Here's ahead. a few of them. What is something you've worked hard at that you've been unable to accomplish? Mm. It's a great question. That is a good question. It's 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 a it's a change up of the question. What are your pitfalls, right? But everyone's yeah. gotten really good at that. Everyone's uh, I care too much. Right. Right. The famous line twist. from Michael Scott, right? Yeah. It's a good twist on that where you're gonna get the answer you want, and it's very tough to be evasive on that. What is your what is your pet peeve? That's another one he asked. That's pet peeve. Okay. Oh, Pat Costello. Here we go. Yeah, now we this got, is now good. we got some tunes, man. The ones and twos here. If you were coaching yourself, how would you get the most out of you? These are good questions because I do not have a ready-made answer for any of these things. And you're hitting these I kids. I really have the eyes. to sit there and think about that. Is this bet? Is this more of an eval when you're turning the tape on and getting to know the person along with the player, or some stupid standardized test? Here's another one. What is one thing you would like to change about yourself? Do Do you have all these written down? Yes. Where are you going that you have all these written down my, just at, my, at your disposal? My NFL draft notes. That's all. I mean, oh, yeah, look just, at you. Same ones. Yeah. Here's la- the last one. If you could have lunch with four people, dead or alive, who would it be? Okay. What, that now, one's what been is done that, a lot. What is that designed to elicit? Creativity, yes. like the way you think. Honesty and, and watching body language. Like to the one where – here's another one he has. Are, are you the type of player that likes to be coached hard? And if you see a guy kind of lean back away from you after that question, right, body language, ooh, I don't know, don't like to be coached hard. If he leans into it like, hell yeah, get the most out of me. Yeah. Though the, You're not just getting a some standardized test result. You're actually watching the young man process the question, and you're watching his body language, almost like a, a profiler for the BAU, right, in the FBI division. I mean, you're watching everything about him. But the, look, when it comes to quarterback play – yeah, and you're going to see it, man. The Lions season's beginning already with Caleb Williams. And I love this young man. I mean, this dude is a worker and wants to win for the guy next to him. But you're already starting to hear, you know, he's like, well, is he, is he all about the guy in the mirror and not about his teammates? I mean, you're starting to hear that kind of crap already. 
But it, it's going to be to separate the best quarterbacks in a draft. It, they, it, it is a process that these guys overthink day in, day out, every single year, because you can't be the guy that missed. In terms of whether or not you can play, C.J. Stroud put all that to bed in the semifinal against Georgia. I think that was the game right there against the highest level of competition. A 50 burger. The best defense in the country. Yep. He had the game of his life. Now, they lost, but not because of him. Not because of him. Anyone watching that game half in the bag knew it wasn't his fault that they lost that game. Georgia was just that damn good. And Ohio State had a chance, but they didn't come through. It happens in football. He showed you he could play. So that box was checked. So all you really need to do after that point, sit down with the guy, have dinner, get to know him a little yep. bit. And then to your point, thorough background. Talk to the SNC guy. Talk to the guys who are around him every day and find out what they this, – this testing, not just the S2, but the Wonderlick. Does the Wonderlick have a direct correlation to success in the NFL? We've no. used this stuff for so long, but you always hear stories about guys who perform real poorly on it, and then they go on to have great careers. There's guys that have tested very well – haven't done much in the NFL. Don't is there such contract. A, is, yeah, is there such a correlation <laughs> that we should be bought into this? Look, it gets so overthought, Joe. I'll leave you with this with this great story from Bill Polian. He's deciding between Manning and Leaf. He watched every throw they made in college twice. He goes into the film room, the great Herman Moore, uh, Her- Herman Mudd and Tom Moore in there. Start, stop, start, stop. I don't know about Manning. He's not very accurate beyond 57 yards. <laughs> 57 yards. Mud and Moore turned around to him. He stopped the tape and went, so we won't call plays beyond 56. We're taking Manning. <laughs> <laughs> That's how crazy it gets, man. That's the eval process. That was So that wasn't a joke when he said that? No. He's not accurate beyond 57 yards? 57 yards. yards. Yeah. Tom Moore looked at him. We won't call anything. What was over the 56. famous one in Portland? Uh, the uh, cent- Jordan versus who is it? Sam Bowie. Well, we yeah. need a center. Okay, draft Jordan. Have him play center. Right. <laughs> Right, wasn't it Bob Knight who said that? The one thing that continues to hurt LeBron in the MJ-LeBron debate. That's next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.